form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness. Why, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas. No I Datu up to no mind Datu, no Datu of Dharmas, no mind consciousness Datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. And the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. scented with incense and strewn of flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love. 
and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. Edam Guru Radha Mandala Gami Radha Yami Jala Jali Jalam La Janjo Badu Dani Jasuji Nadi Chunye Jibe Zonani Andralam Jasonye Rubarjo Chalanzo <laughs> Just make yourselves comfortable. Welcome to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Very good. Jishin and Lundru. Sarva Mambo Yuri, not Lundru. 
want another cushion? I don't use it. I don't use it. Genesis is here. City again. You're welcome to sit in a chair also. So right now we're celebrating uh, the month of Buddha, uh, and we find that uh, this uh, runs from the 1st through the 15th on the Tibetan calendar, uh, and we celebrate uh, Buddha's birth, uh, enlightenment, and parinirvana. So this is also called the month of increase of 100,000. And what that means is that every virtuous deed that we engage in is multiplied by 100,000 times. So right now we're going through the text called The Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. The Tama, the Shanchu Jesem, the Garilabs, the Jibu Chembilang. Jibu Chembilang, Senju Osana, and Shanchu Senlos, what is Shagro? Okay. So, what is the meaning of this text called the Great Treatise on the Stages of the Path to Enlightenment? Uh, this text explains the pathways uh, for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. So we find uh, in Atisha's text, which is considered the root text for this, the lamp for the path to enlightenment, in the beginning, a quote, that's, uh, a stanza that states, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, medium, and great. I shall write clearly identifying their characteristics, or I shall clearly define these three. Uh, so what does this mean? Here, it was referring to, first, the small, uh, referring to those small pathways, 
Uh, and those uh, small pathways, or those pathways for beings of small capacity, are the pathways that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence. And then those uh, um, medium pathways uh, um, are those pathways, or those medium scope pathways, are those pathways that lead to the abandonment of suffering, or nirvana, or liberation. Uh, and those uh, great capacity pathways, or great scope pathways, are those pathways that encompass those and with the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta. Uh, so this is what is meant by those three capacities, uh, three specific pathways leading to three specific uh, goals. And for those of you who are new uh, to the Chen Rezig Center, uh, these texts are uh, two different categories. These are books that are behind us here. And here we have uh, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, uh, and these are texts that have been translated from Pali and Sanskrit uh, into Tibetan. Uh, so we have a hundred texts that are the pronouncements of Lord Buddha in Tibetan. Uh, and then we have the authentic Indian commentaries. Uh, and the authentic Indian commentaries have also been translated into Tibetan. Uh, and there we have 213 texts. And these are leaflet texts. <laughs> So all of the traditions within Tibet, uh, whether it's Nyingma, Nyingma Sakya, Sakya, Kaju, Galup, or uh, the Bon tradition, uh, they all uh, rely upon uh, and have as a source of their information uh, these texts here, the Kangjir, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjir, the authentic Indian commentaries. And below those texts, we also have the collected works of Lama Tsongkhapa, as well as the collected works of uh, Kirtup Jay and Jelsup Jay, uh, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's spiritual sons. Uh, so, uh, these, this work, the uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment, that presented uh, these three capacities, the small capacity, medium capacity, and great capacity, sometimes called scope as well, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, is considered uh, an ocean of instruction. And the reason for this is that the lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, is compared to all of the waters, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, they compare the lamp, uh, to the, path, the lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, to the great ocean. Just like all the waters in the world event eventually uh, end up in the ocean, 
all of the streams of texts of the Kongjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries, all end up into Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, and are presented according to three capacities, small capacity, medium capacity, and great capacity. So we find in Lama Tsongkhapa's abbreviated stages on the path uh, where it compares uh, this to the ocean. It says, uh, as, uh, as these stages can fulfill every desirable aim of all co- nine kinds of beings, they are a power-granting king of precious instruction. Because they collect the streams of thousands of excellent classics, they are indeed an ocean of illustrious, correct explanation. <laughs> So the lamp of the path to enlightenment gave a presentation in abbreviated form of the the three capacities, small capacity, uh, medium capacity, and great capacity. And we could put parentheses of the teachings for uh, beings of small capacity, medium capacity, uh, and great capacity. Uh, So right now, uh, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment that gives a very expanded explanation of those capacities. And we're currently in the section called Training the Mind in the Stages of the Path Shared in Common with Beings of Small Capacity. Uh, so that section uh, has three subheadings. First, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, uh, and then the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, uh, and then dispelling any misconceptions that are related to a person of small capacity. Uh, so uh, under the first category, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, we find two uh, headings underneath that. First, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, uh, and next, relying on a method or a means for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, So we're dealing with that last category of relying on a method or a means for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, And under that category, we find two categories. First, uh, refuge. Uh, and then karma and its results. So we're currently in the karma and its results section of the text. Uh, And there we have an outline with three major headings. First, uh, karma and its effects explained in detail. I'm sorry, karma and its, a general presentation of karma and its effects or karma and its effects in general. Uh, And then second, uh, karma and its effects in detail or the particulars of karma and its effects. Uh, And then finally, we have the category of uh, uh, how one engages in virtue and relies, uh, I'm sorry, engages in virtue and abandon non, abandons non-virtue after having uh, reflected on karma and its effects in general and in detail or particularly. Uh, so we're in that last section of how one engages in virtue and abandons non-virtue after having uh, reflected on karma and its effects in general and specifically. Dixon. <laughs> That 
So what is the pathway uh, for beings of small capacity? Uh, these are the practices that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence, which are the practices that are the pathways to the higher realms of the gods and, and humans. Uh, so those practices are as follows, uh, going for refuge to the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, uh, engaging in ethical behavior that abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, and then if one engages in a negativity, acknowledging that downfall, acknowledging that negativity by, uh, by way of confession. <laughs> So we find the Christian tradition, uh, we have in the Christian tradition very similar practices. One goes for refuge to Jesus, goes for refuge to God, abandons ten negative actions and so forth. So we find a, a very a big similarity here. So then Hindus and Muslims also share a very similar uh, idea. In Hinduism we find that going for refuge to Shiva uh, and then abandoning uh, the ten non-virtues uh, uh, is also present within the Hindu tradition. Uh, and then the Muslim tradition there are similar ideas. We're on page 251 uh, in the English, uh, the bottom where it says in particular the way of purification through the four powers. So, so it's in particular the way of purification through the four powers. Uh, so when we engage in misdeeds, uh, such as the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, we are engaging in deeds that have the ability to, in the future, cause us to have to experience suffering, have to uh, in, live in the lower realms of cyclic existence, such as the hell realm, or the hungry ghost realm, uh, or the animal realm. So since this is a, a negative circumstance, since this is a problem, uh, it's necessary then for us to apply something so that we can stop it, because it's something that's unwanted. Uh, so if we apply the four opponent powers, uh, we're able to get rid of those things which would later lead, those negativities that would later lead to suffering. Chan Shi Ching Lassen. 
So during the time of the, the Buddha, uh, we uh, find the story of Angumala. Uh, Angumala was uh, um, told by a bad spiritual teacher uh, to kill. He was giving a wrong given a wrong instruction, and he killed 999 people. Uh, and then he met with the Buddha and was uh, given the teaching on the four opponent powers. Uh, and as a result of these practices, these purifying practices, he wasn't uh, did not have to uh, experience the uh, suffering that would have normally come from that behavior. Uh, he was able to purify it and achieve the state of foe destroyer within that one lifetime. Uh, so we find this story in the Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend, uh, and then we have within the Tibetan tr uh, tradition the story of Milarepa, uh, who was able to uh, purify his negativities and achieve Buddhahood in one lifetime. <laughs> So now we know who has been able to purify their misdeeds. So now that we know someone has been able to do so, uh, we can't say that we uh, have done so, so much wrong that we can't or that we can't purify our own negativities. So our mind is similar uh, to a cloth. A cloth can become stained. Uh, so our body, uh, our mind has become stained by the non-virtuous actions of our uh, body, speech, uh, and mind. Uh, so like a cloth that can be cleaned of its stain by washing it over and over again, uh, um, the, our mind uh, can be cleaned or purified as well by applying the four opponent powers uh, that is uh, compared to the washing of the cloth and removing the stain. The four opponent powers are able to purify our mind of those uh, negativities. Uh, so we'll get to the various antidotes later on in the text. What the 
so it says in the text, though you make great effort not to be defiled by wrongdoings, faults may arise due to such things as carelessness uh, and uh, preponderance uh, of afflictions. Um, uh, so here, and then it says if this happens, it is inappropriate to disregard them without caring, so you must try to apply the remedy about which the compassionate Sikhs uh, um, teachers spoke. Uh, so here, uh, even though at times we really don't want to engage in non-virtuous activities, uh, we are in, in, uh, have a lack of independence uh, at times uh, because our afflictions become strong uh, and we become careless and so forth. Uh, so um, we shouldn't uh, feel that there is no hope uh, because we are, uh, even though we don't want to, uh, accumulating non-virtue through our body, speech, and mind. Uh, there is, uh, we shouldn't uh, feel that there's nothing that we can do because even though we've accumulated these faults uh, that do have the abilities when the causes and condition are there to give rise to suffering, suffering of the lower realms of the uh, hell, hungry ghost, uh, and animals, uh, there is a way uh, uh, to purify these negativities and that is through the four opponent powers. So we need uh, to be careful um, uh, because these things, uh, uh, these, uh, um, uh, these things such as carelessness uh, and lack of my mindfulness uh, and so forth uh, can arise and make us accumulate non-virtues. Mm -hmm. So then here it says that, uh, like in the case of Angumala, uh, we are able to also purify our misdeeds. Uh, and here it talks of the remedy. Uh, if this happens, it is inappropriate to disregard them without caring. So you must try to apply the remedy about which uh, the compassionate teacher spoke. Here, compassionate teacher is referring to Buddha Shakyamuni, and the remedy is referring to the four opponent powers that Buddha Shakyamuni spoke of. <laughs> Tabata Dawa 
So then uh, the next part speaks about uh, downfalls or infractions. So this word infraction, uh, the word downfall is much more literal uh, because it literally means falling down from the vow uh, to the lower realms, falling down to the lower realms. Uh, so it says, now in regard to how to remedy any infractions or downfalls, do as it is explained in the context of the three vows. Uh, so uh, Rimache again said, the reason that this is called a downfall is because you fall to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Uh, and this is related to the three types of vows. So there is a difference between a downfall and uh, a misdeed. Um, uh, so, a downfall is related to these vows. If one uh, um, breaks one of the vows, uh, it is a downfall. And in the context of the individual liberation vows, for instance, uh, monks and nuns. Uh, monks and nuns do a practice called sojung uh, on the 15th day of the month, uh, every month, and then also on the last day. And this is a ceremony to restore uh, any vows uh, that one has created a downfall around. Uh, and then with the bodhisattva vows, uh, they also, uh, there is a practice of sojong uh, for purification if there's been a downfall. And the tantric vows also have a process of sojong uh, in order to uh, restore one's tantric vows. So here it says in the context of the three vows, this is speaking of the individual liberation vows, uh, the bodhisattva vows, and the tantric vows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Diva Shugumbasebate, 
my tone, the tone I in my. Oh, chant to say, John, the Liu is the Uma Rinchen Chenwa, the Gewa Judru. The Nama Changwa Tong. What did you do? Chamato Jadwe. Yeah, it's Sampa. Chamato Swazon, sir, or Chamato Swazon. Tying the Chimu Shinji and Okay, so we have, when we look at uh, um, the two words, misdeed uh, and downfall, uh, these are two different words. Uh, if it is a non-virtue uh, that is common to a householder uh, and a monastic, uh, then it is considered a misdeed. Uh, but for there to be a downfall, there has to be a vow present uh, that is broken. Uh, so if uh, someone doesn't have a vow, uh, they can't create a downfall. Uh, so we previously uh, went over this and compared these two uh, um, and found that we have four permutations or four possibilities uh, when we look at these two words, uh, downfall uh, and misdeed. Uh, so first, uh, if we look at something which is a downfall, uh, but not a misdeed, we could use the example of a monk cutting down a tree. A monk cutting down a tree is a downfall because it's a vow uh, to not cut down a tree, but it's not a misdeed. Uh, um, so uh, that's the first permutation. Uh, the second permutation, uh, something that is a misdeed, uh, um, that's not a downfall, uh, and that would be a, a, a bird killing a worm and eating it. Uh, the bird doesn't hold a vow, uh, so it is a misdeed because it's killing, um, but the bird doesn't hold a vow, so it's not a downfall. Uh, and then something which is both, or something that is a common locus uh, between the two, downfall and misdeed, would be a monk or a nun killing a bug. Uh, here, uh, it is a downfall and also a misdeed. Uh, and then something the Nika Mayimbimu Rivong got. And then a rabbit with the horns could be the fourth possibility. So here we find that there are uh, four possibilities between these two. So then it says, however, you should remedy sins through the four powers. So just as a note, uh, this is the comparison up here, remedy any infractions, that's downfall. Uh, and sins here is referring to the word we're using, misdeeds. Uh, so if you were to compare them by four permutations with the words here, it would be the two infractions and sins. Uh, but we just used a different word. Uh, the su okay, then the sutra giving the four teachings. Uh, Matreya, if bodhisattvas, uh, the great heroes, possess these four teachings, uh, then they will overcome any sins that they have committed and accumulated. Uh, what are the four? Uh, uh, the power of eradication, applying remedies, the power of turning away from faults, and the power of foundation. Uh, so here, 
uh, it's saying that any uh, non-virtues can be overcome. Uh, those non-virtues that one uh, uh, has done and accumulated. So if it is done and accumulated, uh, it means that it has been thought about for a very long time and then it is necessarily a karma that you are certain to experience or that you will definitely experience. <coughs> Uh, what need is there to talk about the karma that you're uncertain to experience being able to be purified? So if even the, the greatest karma, karma that's accumulated, can be purified, uh, then of course the uh, karma that is uncertain can also be purified as well. <laughs> So we find very similar uh, um, uh, ideas in the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, uh, where Buddha stated that even uh, the five heinous crimes can be purified uh, utilizing the practices of, such as the four opponent powers. Uh, so we find it's very similar. Uh, that point that Buddha made is very similar to the point that's being made here uh, uh, where it states that um, then they will overcome any sins that they have committed and accumulated. So the Bodhisattva is able to uh, um, utilize these four opponent powers and purify the greatest amount of non-virtue. And then the hearer, the uh, solitary realizers are able to purify a medium amount of non-virtue and then the hearers are able to purify a small amount of non-virtue. So the, the hearers are Shravakas, the solitary realizers are Prachika Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas, the Bodhisattva Yana. Uh, so these are the three, uh, and they uh, um, uh, purify uh, um, great, uh, uh, medium, and small amounts of negativity uh, in that order. So the first sentence uh, shows the four opponent powers in an abbreviated way, so it possesses these four teachings. Uh, and then it says, what for? And this next sentence gives the expanded uh, explanation of them. It actually divides them. So it says they are the power of eradication, power of applying remedies, the power of turning away from faults, and the power of the foundation. These are the four opponent powers. Lesso. 
So, uh, these are the four opponent powers, uh, and we start with the first, uh, the power of eradication. Uh, and here, it, this means having regret uh, for having done what you have done. So, if you've engaged in a negativity, regretting having done that. Uh, so this is the first, the power of eradication. Uh, the second, the power of applying remedies or the power of applying antidotes. Uh, we find six different points that are made, uh, points such as uh, meditation on in, uh, emptiness or interest in emptiness and so forth. Uh, and then the third is called the power of turning away from faults. Uh, and sometimes when we give this teaching, uh, we usually, uh, I'm sorry, usually when we give this teaching, we put this uh, third, the power of turning away from faults, or sometimes translated as the power of commitment, uh, as second, and the remedy is third. Uh, but in this text, we find the uh, power of commitment or power of turning away from faults in the third section. Uh, and, uh, and, and this third, uh, in the, uh, in, and here, uh, this is uh, um, where the practitioner states that in the future, uh, I will not accumulate this uh, deed again. Uh, so it's a, commi a commitment, a behavioral commitment, uh, uh, number three. And then number four, the power of the foundation uh, is referring to going for refuge, uh, um, uh, generating the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, so these are the four opponent powers in a very uh, a summer, a summary of them, rather, a summary of these four opponent powers. So that's the uh, summary, uh, and then as we go through the text, there'll be a much uh, uh, more expansive, uh, expanded explanation. So those students who are older students will uh, know much of this material, and those new students will be able to easily, uh, uh, slowly ascertain it. Uh, today, uh, many new people came, uh, and this is a very important section of the text. So everyone listen very well, uh, carefully, please. All sentient beings want happiness and do not want suffering. Since sentient beings uh, do not want suffering, and we don't want suffering, uh, we have to see uh, if there is a method that will allow us to eradicate that suffering. Uh, 
uh, and non-virtue gives rise to suffering, so is there a method to get rid uh, of that? Because these uh, um, negativities that we possess have the ability or the potential to uh, later give us the experience of suffering, uh, then we need to uh, figure out what to do. Uh, so we are able, uh, we can purify these negativities that have the ability to give rise to suffering by applying the four opponent powers. Uh, and then this makes it so they no longer have the potential or ability uh, to give rise to that experience. Uh, just like if you take a piece of rice, a piece of rice, if you plant it, uh, will be able to uh, grow into a sprout. But if you take fire and burn that piece of rice, then it no longer has the potential or the ability to give rise to its result, which is a sprout. Uh, so if we apply the four opponent, opponent powers to our negativities, uh, it's very similar to the, the burning of the seed. Uh, it no longer, uh, ha those um, um, uh, negativities or those predispositions no longer have the potential to give rise to suffering. So the four opponent powers could be compared to the fire. Uh, and the misdeeds com uh, compared to uh, the, the, um, uh, the a tree, for instance. Uh, uh, yeah, misdeeds could be compared to a tree. Um, so the four opponent powers are like the fire uh, that burns the tree down of the misdeeds. And the misdeeds can give rise to suffering, uh, so it's necessary to get rid of them. Uh, so by applying the four opponent powers, we can get rid of the misdeeds. Uh, in the same way that fire burns away a tree, or wood, wood. Tala to tombo ne, toma meba ne, magi lela juba moa yintes. Naba sen juba kundu juba tazade, tiba sa juba tle juba jayatres juba juba moa yinte. Hane dechwa la na me jinjebo chitu gung gungu soosa. ラスナメジレボディバマゴアチュテレディバマゴアチュテレアンジレボドゲンウングレナミネソルチグレワテンサンタナアノワテディバルガブユンマロアンディバルジョバユングロワワテジュセントワジョバジョバチェアゲタ
so the power of eradication. The first power uh, is great contrition for having done non-virtuous actions since beginningless time. In order to feel this, it is necessary to meditate on the way in which you produce the three effects of actions, fruitional and so forth. Uh, so it's necessary uh, for us to look at the various effects of our non-virtuous actions. Uh, so if we engage in non-virtuous actions, the fruitional results are the lower realms of cyclic existence, of so the hell, hungry ghost, and animal. Uh, but then we also have causally concordant <coughs> results, and then we have environmental results. So we have all of these different types of results. Uh, so if you uh, were to analyze and meditate upon the various results of non-virtue, then this would inspire you to not uh, uh, want them. It would inspire you to um, um, not want uh, to have those things that give rise to suffering, because you don't want suffering. Um, so um, here, uh, it's it states that it's necessary to think about what your non-virtuous activities will produce and when, the re when you recognize that it produces suffering and suffering is unwanted, uh, it will uh, make you want to turn away from uh, these non-virtuous deeds. To turn away from this, these misdeeds uh, and regret those ha that you have committed. At the time of putting this into practice, do so by way of the two methods, the confession of sins in the Sutra uh, of the Golden Light and the confession of sins by way of 35 Buddhas. So uh, once you have this regret, uh, then you do a practice. Uh, so any sutra that you recite uh, will cause pure, will uh, um, um, allow you to purify your misdeeds. Uh, so if you recite the Heart Sutra, this will purify misdeeds. If you recite the 35 Buddhas or the Sutra of the Golden Light, uh, it will purify our misdeeds. Uh, um, so uh, once we have regret, re regret, we should do this. <laughs> So we find in the commentary on the 35 Buddhas of Confession uh, that it uh, gives uh, various uh, um, uh, amounts of our misdeeds that are purified when we recite uh, the names of the various Buddhas. Uh, and it states that when we say to the founder, Bhagavan, Tathagata, Arhat, perfectly completed Buddha, a glorious conqueror, Shakyamuni, I prostrate. Uh, it states that when we recite just that line, we purify uh, um, uh, 10,000 eons of negative karma. What the Kibbutz Tigh Divatasu Pimarva 
isn't it amazing that this purifies 10,000 zeons of negativity? Just to say to founder Bhagavan Tathagata Arhat, fully completed Buddha, glorious conqueror, Shakyamuni, I prostrate, is, is very easy, is it not? And then it's also very similar when we do uh, the name mantras, uh, such as Buddha Shakyamuni's Teata Om Muni Muni Mahamuni Ye Soha. So in the uh, center prayer book, we have so many different mantras. Uh, and also, any mantras we find within the four classes of Tantra have a power to purify. Mm. So now we know who has purified their misdeeds, Angumala uh, and Milarepa. Uh, and then how do, how do you know if you've purified your misdeeds? Um, so we, uh, it is stated uh, that we um, can see various signs uh, in our dreams if there's been a purification that takes place. Uh, so uh, this is only if we are physically and mentally well uh, and we are looking at very specific points in the night. So we don't look at the first part of the night's uh, sleep or the second part of the night's sleep. It's the part right before we wake up, the third stage of our sleep, uh, where we can see various signs. Uh, and if we um, have a dream uh, uh, that we're eating good food or drinking something good or mounting an elephant uh, or seeing a llama, uh, uh, or if we just wake up and feel generally good uh, when we wake up in the morning, that's a sign that a purification has taken place. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> when we go to the section on page 252, the power of applying remedies, uh, we find that there are six sections. Uh, the first section 
uh, deals with dependence upon profound sutras. Uh, so this serves as an antidote or remedy if one uh, recites the uh, um, sutras uh, uh, in the, the Kangjur, uh, um, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, such as the 35 Buddhas of Confession or the Prajnaparamita sutras uh, or the Seven Limb Prayer, uh, any of those examples, uh, uh, when one is uh, reciting them, thinking about them, reading them, retaining them, uh, you have this remedy present, dependence upon profound sutras. The second is interest in emptiness. Uh, emptiness is indispensable uh, when we look at uh, all of the traditions of Buddhism. If we look at the sutra, tra excuse me, the sutra tradition or the tantra tradition, we find the wisdom realizing emptiness to be indispensable. One uh, uh, finds uh, in, the, in tantric uh, teachings it's necessary to have the wisdom realizing emptiness. If one wishes to achieve the liberation of a hearer of Shravaka, it's necessary to have the wisdom realizing emptiness. If one wishes to achieve the uh, um, level of Prachika Buddha, uh, liberation of Prachika Buddha, then it's necessary to have the wisdom realizing emptiness and also the Bodhisattva vehicle as well. So we find that uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness to be an indispensable uh, realization for all of the pathways within Buddhism. So the view of emptiness in the Madhyamika Prasangika school or the Middle Way Consequence school uh, and the Tantric view of emptiness are the same. Uh. <laughs> Um, so in the uh, we find that the uh, in the Kala Chakra tradition that it's a breaks one of the root vows to distinguish between the wisdom realizing emptiness uh, of the perfection vehicle and that of the tantric vehicle uh, so if you uh, um, uh, say that there is this higher view uh, in the, if you discriminate and say it's a higher view, uh, then uh, that's incorrect and it's a break, breaks a root vow. Sukana Debbie 
Okay. 
Okay, um, so I just want to add a section right now uh, into the interest and emptiness section. Last week we went over it and I was unable to translate some of what Rinpoche talked about. So I'm just going to insert it in right here and then we're going to move on to dependence on uh, recitation. So in order for a phenomenon to be established as conventionally uh, existent, it has to meet three qualifications. It can't harm, it can't be, uh, it can't harm that which is ultimately uh, 
validly established or that which is conventionally validly established or harm be harmed by conventionality, what the world appears commonly to the world. Uh, so when we look at the horns of a rabbit, for example, which is an, existent of a non an example of a non-existent phenomenon, we find that, that uh, the existence of a horn of a rabbit, uh, conventional valid cognition harms that as well as convention con conventionality, what appears to the world, uh, because this doesn't appear as an existent. Likewise, the self and that which belongs to the self, that which is I and mind, uh, appear to have some intrinsic existence, but when we look at ultimate valid cognition, uh, that harms the ability for it to be intrinsically existent. Uh, so uh, um, we have to look at phenomena when we establish them as existing or not existing to see if their existence uh, is harmed by any of those three things, conventionality, uh, ultimate valid cognition, or conventional valid cognition. So the self uh, and that which belongs to the self, so the I and the aggregates, are not intrinsically existent because that intrinsic existence uh, is harmed by ultimate valid cognition uh, because of dependent origination. So when we look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge and it states that uh, um, a son or daughter of noble family uh, should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Uh, in Chandrakirti's uh, uh, commentary on the uh, middle way, uh, we find the, the statement that first we grasp at I and then grasp at mine. Uh, so without negating that which belongs to I, which is mine, in this case the aggregates, we can't negate the self. So the, this point in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find the negation of uh, the uh, true establishment of self as well as phenomena, self and that which belongs to self. So it is the view of the perishing aggregates or the view of the transitory collection that perceives uh, uh, the aggregates and uh, uh, the I, the, uh, uh, there to, to be an I and mind that is truly established. Uh, so there's this view, I'm sorry, the view of the perishing ag aggregates uh, is the, the misapprehension that believes that there is some truly established I. Uh, and, but the I is not truly established and has no intrinsic existence uh, because its intrinsic existence, uh, the potential for it, is harmed by ultimate valid cognition, which perceives that things even conventionally lack uh, intrinsic existence. Not only ultimately lack con uh, intrinsic existence, but also conventionally lack intrinsic existence. Uh, so now we move on to uh, dependence on recitation. Dependence on recitation means to recite according to the rituals, the special formula such as the hundred syllable mantra of Vajrasattva, the tantra requested by Sabahu states, the flames from fires that spread in uh, spring forests are out of control, burning up all the thickets. Likewise, the winds of ethical discipline fan the fires of recitation and the flames of great perseverance burns up sins. Just as when the sun's rays destabilize snow and melts in the unbearable brilliance, so too do the snows of sins disappear. When destabilized by the sunbeams of recitation and ethical discipline, lighting a butter lamp in a dark gloom entirely clears away the darkness. Likewise, the darkness of sins accumulated for a thousand lifetimes is quickly dispelled by uh, the butter lamp of recitation. So here, 
if one is just reciting uh, the name mantra itself, this is dependence on names. But when one is doing the full practice, the full recitation of the mantric recitation uh, with the uh, um, uh, seed syllable and moon disc and the uh, mantra garland that's circumambulating and sending off rays, if one is doing the, uh, that practice, doing the front and self-generation practice while doing the mantric recitation, then it falls categorically under this dependence upon recitation. So here it says, the, uh, according to the rituals, the special formula, such as the uh, hundred-syllable mantra of Vajrasattva, so the special rituals and so forth, front and self-generation that go along with Vajrasattva, but we can uh, say that any among the four classes, uh, any of the mantras in the four classes of Tantra uh, will, uh, that uh, are recited along with the practices of those specific deities uh, uh, fall into this category. So it's not just the uh, Vajrasattva mantra. So any of the mantras uh, of the deities uh, in their practices in the uh, Action Tantra, the Performance Tantra, the Yogic Tantra, and Highest Yoga Tantra uh, um, uh, can be used for this. So it begins, it says, the flames from fires that spread in spring forests are out of control, burning up all of the thickets. Likewise, the winds of ethical discipline uh, fan the fires of recitation and the flames uh, of great perseverance burn up sin. So here, when one is in, engaging in uh, um, uh, um, uh, recitation with the foundation of ethical discipline, uh, um, then it serves uh, like uh, a wind uh, that uh, um, uh, um, uh, burns uh, up, uh, that fuels flames that burn up our misdeeds. Uh, so like a uh, fire can burn away a tree or burn away wood, uh, especially, uh, it says, spread in spring forests. So at times when uh, the forest is very dry, uh, then uh, it's very easy for a fire to spread. Uh, so here it's saying if one has the wind uh, of ethical discipline uh, that kind of fans or fuels uh, this, this fire, then it's able, this fire of recitation, then it's able to burn away our misdeeds. Uh, so that's what is meant uh, here. Um, that by engaging in this recitation, the front and self-generation and the practices uh, contained within that, uh, um, one is able to burn away one's misdeeds. And then it says, just as when the, snow's sun, the sun's rays destabilize snow, it melts in the unbearable brilliance, so too do the snows of sins disappear when they're destabilized uh, by the sunbeams of recitation and ethical discipline. Uh, so here this is referring to the recitation of any among the four classes of mantras, the front and self-generation practices, uh, and then uh, when one is doing the practices, one has the, the light rays uh, that uh, leave from the mantra garland. Uh, so here it's saying that this practice is like the sunbeams that melt the snow uh, of, of our, our non-virtues. So snow here that's melted by the sun uh, is uh, being compared to our misdeeds that are melted away uh, by this practice of recitation. Uh, and then the third uh, category, lighting a butter lamp in a dark gloom entirely clears away the darkness. Likewise, the darkness of sins accumulated for a thousand lifetimes is quickly dispelled by the butter lamp of recitation. Uh, so here, uh, uh, where the dark gloom 
so when wa one doesn't have the light on in a room, it's very dark. So this is what is meant by dark gloom. And by lighting a lamp, it removes the darkness completely. Uh, so here, dark gloom is being compared to our misdeed, the dark gloom of our misdeeds that we've accumulated since beginningless time. Uh, and uh, we're able to remove that dark gloom uh, um, of our misdeeds by engaging in recitation. So it's comparing that recitation to the butter lamp that, that illuminates the, the room that is dark. Uh, so this is the third category within this uh, point that's made on dependence on recitation. Bene? And so when we say that uh, in this uh, tantra requested by Sabahu that uh, um, that it burns uh, for here it's the flames from the fire that burn away uh, our misdeeds we can also say that the other um, um, five of the remedies also do that. So we can say that dependence on sutras, interest in emptiness, dependence on images, dependence on worship, dependence on names, uh, burns away uh, our misdeeds, burn away our misdeeds in the same way that this dependence on recitation does, uh, and melts away uh, the snows of our misdeeds in, this, in the same way that dependence on recitation does uh, and, uh, and illuminates the dark gloom of our misdeeds uh, and removes them, the dark gloom of our misdeeds as well. So uh, um, we, we find that all of these remedies will do uh, these three things and we could apply uh, um, them into, into this as, uh, in the same way that we find recitation uh, um, placed there. And for instance, in this uh, tantra requested by Sabahu, we find this first example of the uh, fire burning away the tree, and here the tree uh, being our uh, misdeeds, or fire burning away the wood, and here the wood being uh, compared to our misdeeds, uh, and the fire being recitation. So we don't only say that that's dependence on recitation, we say that the other, uh, it's the other five as well, could be in all of these three categories. What 
ディバタビタレスクイジジジョンレソンドスナハイジナワテンテナルディバタビタンドソンドスワタトソンソナディバタノゴレスアレクサウドジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジジ
so the next uh, is dependence upon images, means to make images of the Buddha once you have acquired faith uh, in him uh, or her. So once you have uh, acquired faith uh, in the Buddha, uh, then to construct various images, such as making statues uh, or um, um, painting tankas and so forth. So we see here we have the statue of Buddha Shakyamuni and so forth and all of the tankas. Uh, so the construction of these things is the uh, dependence upon images, the construction of them. I think I said that. uh, so also in making an offering of the statues or making the actual statues uh, uh, in any among the four classes of uh, Tantra or Tankas, uh, making, uh, uh, giving the Tankas or making the Tankas, all would fall categorically under this dependence upon images uh, and be a way to purify our misdeeds. So making offerings as well as making the statues themselves and Tankas themselves. What is the Jedula Sanji Tonyaga Amaji Waris? Question manager with that. Kuswaji Jina, what the Amatego, what the Sanji Guzu Jiva Jiran water. Ale Sanji Ama de Guzuso Sanji Amazo Mata. Gay, the Kuzuzuke Amaji Ro Zuken Ama Amade C. True Buddha. He Sanji Tonyore, then Sanji Tonyore. Um, 
so, uh, so we have this first uh, um, uh, uh, offering uh, of a, a dependence upon image in, in the uh, stupa inside Vodagaya, where there is a statue uh, of uh, Buddha Shakyamuni, and the uh, um, uh, that was was uh, told to be made by the mother of the statue maker uh, because of the the, the the importance of it uh, and the power of it. And so this is where we find uh, the first statues being made. <laughs> So if you uh, give them or make uh, Buddha, uh, images of the Buddha, uh, then it is a purification of misdeeds. But any among the, any uh, images among the four classes of tantra would also have this power. Uh, so the next is dependence upon worship, uh, number five. Uh, uh, means to make a variety of offerings to an image of the Buddha or uh, to a stupa. Uh, so here you see we have uh, many um, images of the Buddha and other uh, deities. Uh, and we put out all um, offerings and so forth. So here, uh, we're doing this uh, at the center right now, where we're, we're putting offerings out in front of uh, the, the, the various objects of enlightenment, of the Buddhas and so forth. <laughs> So what is an offering? It is that which pleases the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Uh, so making offerings of flowers, making offerings of water bowls, uh, any uh, kinds of offerings. Uh, would fall into this category uh, dependence upon worship. Uh, so, uh, that, and what are you offering that which pleases the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas? Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Dixon. <laughs> Zuma 
सहल दवा साजे ता जैसे चमना जे सेंटेज जुआं वो सा साजे ता न शाचु सेबादा जुदी जे ना तो सेंटेज ही जुआं थे सेंट जुआं थे ले सहल ते बास बास ये के जवाला सो जुआं चबाजे ना छुगा जे दुबा सोंग दिले अने जुदी जे ये ना के दाजी तम जुजे कों ठीक छुगा ले ने घाटिंग को ने अने हाँ देवादल देवालत हैं बो वादे दाजी तो तुझे मागूं बाजे हाँ तो ड्रामा ये ना सेंलत हैं बो इस अमर में तो आज वो तो खाने चुचुक पैसा नालूल घाम मोवियर होता घाम मोवियर होते ये ना लातो तो गुने दाजी तो तुझे गुने दो बाई ना देवालत हैं बो रे ना दुआ दाजी तो तुझे मागूं बाजे हाँ तो तेरा तो मन मन माम गांव जा पाई ना सेल ते बरे ना दुआ सो नाउ वी गेट तू द सिक्स्थ नंबर सिक्स डिपेंडेंस ऑन नेम्स सो व्हाट इज़ द डिफरेंस देन बिटवीन डिपेंडेंस ऑन नेम्स एंड डिपेंडेंस ऑन रेसिटेशन बिकॉज़ इन बोथ केसेस देर इज़ रेसिटेशन ऑफ़ मांट्रस सो व्हाट इज़ द डिफरेंस uh, if one uh, is doing, for instance, the mantra of Vajrasattva or uh, any mantras uh, among the four classes of Tantra uh, and doing the front and self-generation as well as the uh, um, mantra garland circumambulation uh, uh, um, around the seed syllable, uh, then it becomes dependence upon recitation. But if one is merely reciting the name mantras themselves of any among the deities in the four classes of Tantra and doesn't include the front and self-generation practice along with the uh, circumambulation of the mantra garland, uh, then it becomes dependence upon names. Jiba Guzu Latin Bhaji, Naba Chuba Latin Bhaji, Ne Chuba De, what the Chen De Varedo, what the truth in Yabuda, what the Diba Ginebu Yenam and the truth in Rendo, what the Abu Yabajena, Tujunangasu, what in Yalajena, what the Diba Nero, Diba Le, Dungajinu Niba Yuare, Nasunjinu Niba to the Kaligal Tanwode, Tag Toyuna Mena, what the Seremude. ने देवा जो है था था सुबह सुबह नाला बेबर शावोस वो दिन तो सुनिए बुकिंग दिशा बिताला तो कहाँ दूसरे मुद्दे सो दिस सिक्स आर वेरी इम्पोर्टेंट बिकॉज़ द मिस्टीड्स दैट वी हैव इंगेज्ड इन विल कॉज गिव राइज टू सफरिंग दे विल गिव राइज टू रीबर्थ इनटू द लोअर रेल्म्स ऑफ सिक्लिक एक्सिस्� uh, so the remedy that one applies uh, is very important. And then we get down to here, we find there are six. So these six are very important because we don't want to experience the suffering in the lower realms of cyclic existence. And these have a, the power to serve as an antidote. The word antidote, this word remedy, is the same Tibetan word, just as a side note. So first we have dependence upon uh, profound sutras, then interest in emptiness, then dependence on recitation then dependence upon images, then dependence on worship, and then dependence on names. Uh, so it's important that we know these six and apply them 
dig som. Det är man. Det är karma J. Ja. Karma Dun. Oh ja. Vad det blir så så då. Oh ja. Då då det ni har ni har inte gjort det trots då det jag men jag gjorde då. Och det jag men jag nu det det bara ni har ju när men då det det. Och det ni har inte gjort det trots då jag lägger ni jag lägger av sig igen. Och det det bara du när du nu var tanker när som jag so when we look to what the method for the purification uh, of our misdeeds are, if we want to know do we have misdeeds or not, uh, then we uh, need to ask ourselves, have we applied these remedies? Because if we apply these remedies, then these remedies will slowly lessen our misdeeds, slowly lessen our uh, experiences in the lower realms of cyclic existence. It's important for us to understand it the way it is presented here because other texts might present it in a way that's confusing or we might uh, misunderstand the order of things. So it's important that we understand what's presented here because this is accurate. Then the... ニャブトージェでニャブトージェトンボカルサウレニャブトージェロニャブトージェニャブトージェトンボカリバトンボネサナバセンジビトトンボマルベナバセンジビトトンボジニャブクンシュビトニバロワニャブクンシュビトトル
so now uh, we've gone over the power of uh, eradication. eradication. Uh, the, uh, the first power is great contrition for having done non-virtuous actions since beginningless time. Uh, we've gone over the power of applying remedies, and we find that there are six remedies, uh, dependence upon profound sutras, uh, um, is the first remedy, so uh, reciting the 35 Buddhas, reciting the 100,000, 20,000, 8,000 verse or uh, uh, perfection of wisdom sutra or the heart sutra. Uh, so uh, we find that the recitation and, and reten retention of their meaning uh, and just reading them uh, is dependence on profound sutras, interest in emptiness, uh, meditation upon emptiness, Dependence on recitation is uh, uh, reciting mantras while simultaneously doing the front and self-generation practices uh, and the uh, and the um, uh, um, Martin, the mantra garlands and so forth. Uh, uh, so this is dependence on recitation. Dependence upon images uh, is once you've acquired faith in the Buddha, uh, making images, uh, giving images uh, such as tankas and. Um, statues and so forth, dependence upon worship is making uh, any kind of offering uh, to the Buddha or a stupa, and then dependence upon names is the uh, uh, recitation of the mantras themselves without the actual practice, including the actual practice. Uh, so, uh, we, and we find uh, in the uh, center prayer book, we have many different uh, mantras uh, that are in the prayer book. If you do the front and self-generation with them, then you're doing dependence upon recitation. If you're merely just <coughs> reciting those name mantras, then you're uh, dependence upon names. The Jutsar, Jutsar. Angumala was able to purify his misdeeds, so we should practice accordingly. So please practice this. Yeah. Or this must, yeah, this must be practiced. This must be practiced. That's more literal. Uh, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication. Shada still will do the Prima Chena. Need the 
Doing Lama, the dead sound. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrava to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all happiness, all powerful, Teshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Mm.